All right, welcome back to Inside Flicks. This is a movie discussion podcast. Well, actually, movie and TV discussion podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about TV recently. We've been off for a couple of weeks. Now we're finally back. We took we took a couple of day, a couple of weeks off. We're back. So this whole kind of almost all of this uh, this episode is going to be dedicated dedicated to streaming. Just to give you an idea of what we've been watching and what we could recommend. Uh, I'm here with like always with my two brothers, Richard and Raymond. Say hello, fellas. Hello. Hi, Raymond. You've been mostly watching stuff, movies in theaters. I I know you kind of missed some of the movies on streaming or even some TV shows. But you know, uh, maybe we could recommend you some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with Netflix. Uh, so just we're going to break this down by streaming challenge, uh, streaming services. So let's okay. start with Netflix because Netflix is probably the the most popular uh, streaming site out there. Uh, so let's get into Stranger Things. We finally uh, watched the volume two, the finale of season four. Uh, Rich, did you love season four and, and also these last two episodes? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I easily compare this to the first season, you know, which was, was probably the best season. So, yeah, um, it's, it's easily uh, one of the best shows uh, from Netflix for sure. Yeah, I mean, when I heard that they were breaking down season four into volume two, into two volumes, and we saw the first volume, and I was kind of, I was, I was entertained by the first volume, and then I heard that there was only two episodes for volume two, and mm-hmm. there were two kind of um, uh, feature length uh, episodes. I think one was like ninety minutes, and the other one was like two hours. And I go, that's that. I, I don't know if I, I, I'm going to like that. And mm-hmm. boy, I was wrong. I think they landed the ending pretty well in these final two episodes. And I was like thoroughly entertained by the season. And I think they, the, the show had really some really great moments, some thrilling moments. And I think it was a, a very entertaining season. And, and, and I really enjoyed it. Got huge numbers. And uh, people seemed to really enjoy it. So yeah, and, you, and you, you wonder that, um, you, you know, because Netflix itself, has been getting a lot of flack for that. People who have left the the, uh, the streaming service, you know, the the stocks are dropping and all mm-hmm. that. You would you would think that after the success of this series, that it would they they would they would announce that went back up or whatever. The, well, it has at least the stock. I don't think it has. I, don't, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how the, the stock yeah. stock market works, but uh, yeah, it's it's surprising. What, I mean, what so, do I gotta do? <laughs> I mean, that's what Netflix. Is yeah, well, I mean, Stranger Things, I would say, is probably the biggest show right now, and people seem to really, really enjoy it, and we did too. Uh, Raymond, you haven't seen, you haven't watched uh, Stranger Things, like, I think you only saw the first season? Um, I saw the first two seasons, and then I, I started watching season three, and I was like, I'm kind of over this show, so really, I just stopped watching it. Well, people have complained about season yeah. three, and I, is it three? I think it was season have they? two. I think they did. I think yeah. people have complained about season three, and I, I enjoyed season three, but I think when once you get... With season four, they, they split the team up again, and the, and then the Valiant Tube they come back and reunite. But uh, I thought it was just a better way. It feels more kind of like um, it's more streamlined than mm-hmm. I think season three. They were split up, you know, and it was a little too loose. Mm-hmm. And I think people complained about that. But I mean, I don't know. You know, there's people who have complained that Stranger Things feels like too much like Spielberg or it feels too much like Stephen King. Mm-hmm. I thought, I think it, mm-hmm. the Duffel brothers do it pretty well. Yeah. I think they really understand what makes those things work. Also, not just in, in writing the, the, the story, but also visually as directors. I think they 
on a visual level, they know how why these 80s, 80s movies work so well back then. Yeah, they do their homework when it comes to that. I mean, directing and all that. Like we said, uh, we recommend Stranger, Stranger Things. It's a great uh, uh, season four. Uh, the Umbrella Academy, season three. We saw oh. this too. That show's still going on. <laughs> yes, yeah. the show's still going on. I think Rich likes season three more than I did. Rich, tell us uh, why you liked it. Well, I agree it had flaws, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm not sure if it was due to the pandemic or um, uh, it was just not as good writing. Character-wise mm -hmm. I, I, and acting-wise, I thought they did a, you know, a fine job this season. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it, it was lacking in a lot, in a lot of episodes. But overall, um, I, I like the finale, and uh, I think they did, did do a decent uh, cliffhanger for the next season. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm still interested. I mean, well, I, I do blame the pandemic for this season because it really feels like they were set in one, one location. Mm -hmm. Most of it's set in one hotel. And you, most of the episodes is the same characters just kind of doing the same thing. It's recycling. I got really bored through this season. Uh, there's some funny stuff that happens in the beginning of the, of mm -hmm. the, of the seasons, you know, the, the footloose dance and stuff sure. like that. But uh, the character-wise, it feels like they were just doing, they were just, just too stupid. They were doing the same stupid stuff, and they were just repeating each other for over, like, four or five episodes, and I got really tired of it. And then they finally got into, like, the finale, and, and I, I wasn't that impressed by the finale. It was, it was, it was a, a bummer of a season, it, it, especially when they, they had really strong first and second seasons, and to come with this one, and maybe it's because of the pandemic and they were kind of, forced to reshoot and retool the, the, the script and forced to just really shoot this in one location. It really feels claustrophobic in that way too. Uh, yeah, I just, I was really disappointed. I enjoyed the characters um, enough to, to um, sit through it and uh, sure it wasn't as good as the other ones, but it, mm -hmm. it's not, you know, CW bad. Well, I got to a point where I go, I don't know if I care about this, uh, this show anymore. I mean, there's mm. so many great shows out there. I don't, I got really bored in some, some episodes. I mean, I think next season is the final season anyway, so I think that's a good oh, sign. That's a good sign. I think they have lot. I think they have lost some kind of um, story ideas. To you know, I don't think there's really much to go with these characters. Uh, let's talk about the, some of the movies that came out on Netflix. Spiderhead was a big movie and big disappointment. Yes, uh, uh, this is directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who is the director of the biggest movie right now, <laughs> Top yeah. Gun Maverick. And he, because they delayed that movie so long, he had enough time to shoot this kind of smaller picture, Spiderhead with Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller. Uh, this is kind of a science fiction thriller. Uh, it's about set in the prison. Uh, mm -hmm. Miles Teller is a prisoner who's volunteering himself in this kind of experiment or pharmaceutical experiment where Chris he uh, Chris um, Hemsworth Hemsworth is the the kind of the CEO, he's the brilliant guy behind this. Um, really? Yeah, he's like this yeah. test. Uh, um, what's it called? Test uh, uh, drug. Uh, yeah, um, dr he's behind this drug testing experiment program where he's testing these, I guess, uh, emotion emotion alterations mm. drugs. So if you're a prisoner and you're taking these drugs voluntarily, you're certain drug will make you happy, happy or sad, you're sad or, or angry and so, so forth and so on. I thought this movie was just a bore and uh, uh, it was a great premise. It's, it sounds like a black mirror premise or a twilight mm -hmm. zone premise. It's good science fiction uh, idea, but just not executed 
well enough for me to like. And I'm not a big fan of Miles Teller, and I think he was badly cast for this uh, for this film. I don't. I didn't have that much of a problem with him with him and uh, uh, himself, but um, I I just thought it was just the the, the I thought it started stronger. But the ending was just so totally stupid. But the ending was the worst because yeah. there's characters who are just acting like idiots, and mm-hmm. it was it's predictable too. And, and and it's it takes a long for you know we see it coming, and it just takes longer for the characters to realize what's going on. And I, I don't know. I, I, for me, I, it was just a kind of a really big disappointment. Seemed cheap though to me. Feels like a like a stage play because it's yeah. really just Chris Hemsworth. Miles Teller and uh, Journey Smollett. Is that her? That's her name? Yeah, yeah. So there's like, those are the main three characters. and uh, But it's mostly just Miles Teller talking to uh, Chris Hensworth. Chris Hensworth is like this charismatic, you know, CEO guy, but he, it doesn't seem like he's doing anything that we haven't seen him done in other films before. So I, I, I was not impressed by the film. And Mike, you're, you're actually a big fan of the Michael Mann film Black Hat. I haven't seen it. I want you know. I'm going to. I'm going to watch that someday. Oh and, man, I thought you'd seen it because I would have just like loved to have seen how it, it compares to that movie. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it, and uh, I know everyone shits on on that movie because it's you know it's Michael Mann. And they expect a lot from him, and it's Chris Hemsworth doing a Boston accent or something. <laughs> so, and he's a hacker who's like works out 24 hours. Yeah, I want. I'm. I'm. I have. I, I, I need to see it. I want to check it out. I know people shit on it. Maybe it'll make you appreciate, uh, what's this movie called? Spiderweb Chronicles or whatever. <laughs> Spiderhead, yeah, yeah. Uh, another Netflix original movie was Hustle. This is the Adam Sandler basketball movie. It uh, features a lot of basketball stars, real basketball stars, really. It's kind of in the vein of Rocky. And Adam Sandler is a scout for the 76ers, and he goes to Spain, and he finds like the next big thing. He brings them to uh, New York, or he brings them back to Philadelphia, yeah, and tries to get him a shot at the at the at playing in the big leagues. Gr- what, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. I think Definitely. it's a great performance by uh, Adam Sandler as this character. He is very <laughs> comfortable d- playing this character in, in, in a dr- just a straight out drama. There's no signs of uh, comedic uh, timing or or you know his goofy kind of antics. Well, in you this. know what? Let me let me step in really quick yeah, and just say that. Well, this is this movie is a fantastic drama. It's definitely like one of my top three favorite movies uh, of the year so far. Mm-hmm. I think this movie's hilarious, and yeah. while the comedy in it is very natural, it's it's very funny that this is a Happy Madison production. You know, the company that makes right. all of Adam Sandler's com- comedies, mm-hmm. and this is a drama. It's a straight up drama. It's a very real movie, and it's way funnier than all of these Adam Sandler comedies have come out in, at least over the past 10, 15 years. <laughs> well, it's well, it's fun. It's entertain. It's fun in an entertaining way. Adam Sandler is, I think he's, he's at a point in his life where he's very comfortable with his acting abilities and he knows his like kind of ceiling and it's in his, in the floor and he doesn't go mm-hmm. beyond any of those. You know, he's kind of straight on. He's very, I, I want to say a, a good actor here. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't say that before. I didn't, I was never, I was never a big fan of his comedies and I did love him in Punch, uh, Love, Punch Pun- Drunk Love and, and some other things. Definitely Uncut Gems. He was fantastic in mm-hmm. and but with this one it's just he proved to me at least that he is a very capable actor now yeah going you know, into this thing- I, I didn't i didn't expect much because it's a it's a an adam sandler film and b an adam sandler netflix film so i really <laughs> didn't I, I really didn't expect to like it so much and uh, i just saw um great direction from a first basically a first-time director or whatever 
I'm not sure the guy's name, but he did direct a, a uh, Sundance film. Yeah, like I so, said, basically, <laughs> okay. first time director. And also um, the acting. I mean, the, the basketball players that they chose to, mm -hmm. to, to act in this film. The, that director really knew how to uh, shoot these guys. I mean, uh, 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 he, they, they, he really made them um, you know, act. <laughs> I mean, it, it was like... Unbelievable. Yeah, just a fantastic job all around. Yeah, the yeah the director. That's one of the things he does extremely well. Um, how he's able to just really get all these athletes and uh, like there's even a bunch of coaches in the movie, right? Like mm -hmm. basketball coaches, mm -hmm. and everyone like uh, for the most part is just like really strong. It comes off like yeah, like Richard was saying, like a, a real actors. Like uh, you, so, some of these people, you'd be surprised are actually athletes and stuff. And yeah. um, and and also the the look of the movie, like the cinematography of it is uh. It has a, it has a good look and feel to it. It kind of reminded me of like a, the, the look of Uncut Gems a little bit. And it's, it's, it's nice. It's refreshing. And um, one of the things, you know, we, we know that Sandler can be a great actor, but usually when we see him give a great performance, he's working with like a director that's, you know, a big name or a big deal. Like when, you, when Uncut Gems is no surprise that he, he worked so well on that because he was working with the Safdies. Same with Punch Drunk Love. It was no surprise because, you know, he was with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. And this movie, like, this feels like a, like an Adam Sandler movie in many ways, because it's like, this feels like a passion project for him, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. with how, yeah. how it, how, what a love letter it is to basketball in so many ways. And um, it feels like now, like, Sandler, he could bring that A-level actor, that A-level uh, performance that he brings in some of his dramas to now... A, an Adam Sandler production to movies that he's in charge of. Right. Cause I feel like he must've been very involved in, in this movie. Like when it comes to, um, well, well, when it comes to producing, I think he, he must've been involved in this film in some, in some capacity. Right. Yeah. I think it was, it was, he's a producer on it, on it. And also uh, LeBron James is a producer on the film. Yeah. This is the only okay. thing. This is the only thing that LeBron James should be proud of this year. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only thing. This is the only thing that Adam Sandler's best friend, Alan Covert should be uh, proud of. Cause he's a producer. <laughs> he's, on a, it. he's a producer of it too. Yeah. Yes. Um, is this your, one of your favorite movies of the year? Yeah. Top, top, top three. And also I uh, should uh, uh, give a shout out to Queen Latifah. Who's uh, fantastic mm -hmm. in the film actually works uh, really well with Adam Sandler. And uh, it's not, it's not like a relationship. Like they're just like comedically like yelling at each other or whatever. No, yeah. it's like a very, probably one of the most believable uh, relationships you've seen in an Adam Sandler film. And a shout out to Jaleel White. Not ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is your, one of your favorite movies of the year, Rich. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed this movie more than Top Gun Maverick. And mm -hmm. uh, I think this is my, this is definitely going to end up in my top 10 list uh, at the end of the year. I was so entertained by it. And uh, so it just came out of nowhere because I didn't okay. I think it was going to be any good on Netflix, you know? Well, I thought it was going to be good, but I wasn't expecting it to be this good. I was expecting it to be kind of like, um, and not that the movie's like super original and, you know, you know, completely changes the games of like of sports movies. It doesn't. It's just very grounded and like uh, there, there's an earnestness to the movie. And, um, but I thought it was going to be kind of like a, like a, like just like a glory road or, you know, one of those basketball <laughs> movies that's just like, oh, yeah, just yeah. okay. You know, yeah. it's just like, it's just an, a, a, a whatever basketball film. And then when the movie began and I saw Happy Madison production, I'm like, oh, this is going to be lame. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it ended up being like really good. I, yeah, I thought, you know, worst case scenario, this will probably be like uh, that. Kevin James movie, like Here Comes the Boom or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I would say this. There's a subgenre in the, in the sports uh, category. It's that scout who finds the next big thing. And mm -hmm. I would say Hustle 
is probably the best one out of that subgenre. It's just that good. And we've gotten a lot of bad movies in that genre and from Disney. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last kind of big thing we saw from Netflix is RRR. This is the yeah. three-hour epic film from India. This, a lot of critics have been talking about this, and I kind of reluctantly wanted to check this out because usually I, I don't prefer critics. When, when critics kind of point a movie and say, you got to watch this, I could tend to not want to because I don't believe them. <laughs> you know, they tend to, like, lie. They have, you know, because they kind of, I feel there's some kind of elite kind of uh, attitude behind their picks of what, mm-hmm. they, what people should watch. So when they kind of pick RRR, I go, okay, let me just check it out. I know it's a three-hour movie. It's going to be this. Boy, I was just blown out of the way. This is an awesome movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was so shocked how much I really enjoyed this film. Rich, you saw RRR. Tell us about your reaction to the film. The RRR is definitely the R from entertainment. I mean, this is... Oh. This is how does no, that no, work? No, no, no. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, our, lo- you love the movie. You love the movie as much as I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. And, and um, maybe even more so. I mean, it just, it's just, it's one of those films that, um, that, that, that you you watch and you go, should I be really liking this? I mean, it, it's this, cause is, it's re- stupid. this is ridiculous. There's, there's, yeah. This, there's, there's, yeah, there's, re- yeah, it's, it's, it's almost absurdist at, at yeah. the points. I mean, at moments I'm like, am I watching a, a, you know, historical epic drama or am yeah. i watching mcgruber <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? there's the, the, the action sequences in this film are so done in in absurd level levels mm. but it's done in such a genuine and and, and shamelessly fun way that you yeah. just get sucked up into it and you kind of like okay let me just throw my brain away and let me let me just enjoy this kind of ultimate popcorn movie and I totally agree with the critics that's saying that this is the kind of film that you should be watching in the theater because these, these, there, there are scenes in this film that you, you, you would totally feel that a crowd would just uh, applaud it or whatever. I mean, <laughs> or laugh out loud. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just leaves a smile in your face for what you're watching in, in so many places. And, uh, um, very refreshing of a movie. It's, 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 it's just something. It, it, it's kind of like a throwback to me. I mean, it, it has that feel. And, it, and I don't know. It, it's just uh, this terrific. Is the, this is the feeling I got when I was watching the movie. And, and because it's, in, it's an Indian film, it's a, uh, you know, I don't know the director. Like, I don't know, like, any of the actors in this. I'm sure they're all kind of big Indian actors. And uh, the director is a big deal. The main stars are a big deal. So I, this is the first time I kind of, seen these guys but it felt to me like when the first time i watched john woo like hard-boiled oh i see or you know some of john woo films and like he was like kind of my introduction to the hong kong action films in the 90s and so when you see something like this kind of outrageous it's an action movie and you kind of like i I know action i know how hollywood shoots action but here's another guy from a different part of the country or a different part of the world and he's taking action to a new level and he's and he's filming in a different language, a cin- cinematically different language, and that's the feeling I got with RRR. I know action, I know how Hollywood shoots action, but this, you know, the Indian production here are just shooting it in a totally different language than I understand mm-hmm. cinematically, and I was so entertained by that. Yeah, it's almost as ridiculous as uh, any of the latest uh, Fast and the Furious movies, but it's it's so good that you're going, you're um, you're rooting for it. 
Well, there, there's certain shots in the movie where I'm like, how did they do that? Yeah, how, how did and they I, make me feel this so so good <laughs> doing it? I mean, like, I mean, if, if you see a photo of it, it, it'll, it'll look, oh man, this is stupid. Uh, <laughs> but but watching it, it's just like, you know, give me more. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I wish like the Marvel movies would would do. You know, mm-hmm. they they, I, they kind of lost that magic, that kind yeah. of that sense of wonder, and. That stuff is here in RRR, you know, like when you see some of these kind of scenes, there's one opening scene or opening action scene where a uh, soldier, a super soldier kind of guy, he's, you know, mm-hmm. these all, all, these are based on two kind of historical figures, but they tell it in a kind of uh, folktale type of way or a kind of mythical way. And one of the, the, the soldier, he kind of needs to, there's a, there's a riot going on, mm-hmm. there's a gate. And there, there's a whole a large, and it feels like they shot with like thousands of extras, like real extras. Oh in this yeah! Movie. And the guy kind of jumps over the fence in a, in one like Superman leaps mm-hmm. over over a car and jumps over the fence and takes on one kind of rioter, mm-hmm. and he takes on a whole crowd of people single handedly, and it makes sense, and it was. <laughs> terrific to watch i didn't let you know if it was done by anyone else you would go that is the ridiculous thing i ever saw in my life but in here i go oh that is just awesome that's Mm -hmm. the perfect word to describe this movie awesome yeah (laughs) uh raymond you haven't seen this movie highly recommend you check it out yeah check it out i guess (laughs) too long (laughs) it's too long but because it's on netflix you could like watch the first hour step away and then like come back you know uh, let's get into Amazon now. Uh, before we get into the boys, let's just quickly talk about a couple things. The Terminal List, which is uh, Chris Pratt's new military series. Mm-hmm. We saw the first episode. Me and Rich did. Uh, yeah. It got, it was pretty bad. And then it got really good at the end. But it wasn't enough for me to see the rest of the series. I, I, what, what's your feelings? Are you, are you going to c- continue with the Terminal List, Rich? I might give it another episode, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm not in no hurry because I think I figured it out. I mean, it, it seems like uh, it it's pretty simple of a, a story. I mean, it's a um, yeah. The end does have a cliffhanger to watch the next episode, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was might might have been just a little too late for me. Um, well, it's, to me, it really feels like a poor man's version of a Taylor Sheridan series. Right, and right. and but I would say Chris Pratt is you know, he's he's doing some you know he's it's just a total dramatic acting here. Yes, and he plays a military soldier who's he comes back from a mission go, uh, gone wrong. Most of his uh, teammates are killed, and he wants to find out why. And then there's a psychological. All of his teammates are killed. <laughs> I thought well, there was wasn't there one person? Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, anyway, he's like the last man standing. He comes back, and he's very pissed off of why he thinks the mission was botched on purpose. Mm-hmm. There's a psychological angle to this. Is he suffering from PTSD, or is it is there really a conspiracy, or is it just part of his uh, mental breakdown? Like I said, he's not joking in this movie or this series. He's kind of uh, playing kind of this really depressed military man who wants vengeance. It feels like that's where it's going to head. I didn't see the rest of the se- season, but it seems like he was going to go on some vengeance, uh, you know, plot and uh, find out what's going on. Like I said, it's, because I like Ter- Taylor Sheridan's work so much, uh, this really feels like a poor, you know, like a poor version of that or like a lesser version of that. This kind of feels like actually without remorse <laughs> oh, a little well, bit in the beginning it does it feels yeah, like, like yeah, which yeah, is I a horrible it. movie that came out last year or two years ago with michael b jordan and uh which was a military kind of conspiracy thing too but uh yeah ter- terminal list is 
and I know a lot of people are praising it because Chris Pratt, you know, is this guy and he's talking to a, a specific audience here. I think it's getting a little overpraised. Oh, uh, and I think there's a lot of critics who, for whatever reason, hate Chris Pratt. I don't know why. I think Chris Pratt, is a, from what I could tell from, uh, from his interviews, he seems like a great guy. Uh, he's, you know, and he's kind of a decent actor. He's not the best actor, but he's decent enough. He's a good comedian or a comic actor. So uh, I, I was trying. I was I was hoping for the best from when watching the the pilot. I was really wanting because, like I said, I love the all the Yellowstone or you know, uh, Sicario, all the Taylor Taylor and Sheridan. This, this is film. this is a Taylor Sheridan joint. No, no, it just no. feels like it. It's oh, okay. it wants to please that audience, or it's like someone who saw all Taylor Sheridan films and then wrote something just like it. Or, and unfortunately, yeah. it came out like his worst one without remorse. Yeah. <laughs> Most of some parts, it was really bad like that. But um, I don't know. That's too bad, man, because they were uh, I remember I, re- I remember actually seeing trailers for this in the movie theater, like mm-hmm. not like before, like the trailers, like when, when they're showing commercials or snacks and whatever. No, they actually showed this like with the dim lights, with the actual tr- movie trailers, which was very wild for me, like seeing a trailer for a streaming show in like playing with the trailers. It's so weird to me. It looked like this was going to be a badass show. <laughs> I was looking forward to it. And then I started seeing all these negative reviews and I'm like, are you guys going to watch it? And then you guys said, yeah, we watched the first episode and it's horrible. So I'm, I'm just hearing you guys talk about it again. I'm like, man, th- this looks like it could have been great. Well, look, we only saw one episode. It could get, it could, it could get better. Well, everyone, everyone says it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> I think it do, it's doing pretty well for Amazon. Uh, so I think Chris Pratt has like a kind of find a home for himself at, at Amazon because he also had that one yeah, sci-fi the, the movie. Tomorrow War. Yeah, and which I, I guess that did well for, for Amazon too. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? And I know Tomorrow War was incredibly stupid, but you know what? I like that movie. I thought it was a fun, brainless film. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's get to... Uh, well, Rich, you really quick, you want to talk about the Re- Reacher? Jack Reacher yeah, series? I finally, I finally went around... Oh uh, yeah, how is that? Yeah, I finally went, uh, went ahead and uh, watched uh, all of Reacher. Um, season one and um, yeah it's really entertaining and I, and I went through it really quick and it's it's got TV vibe but it, mm. I like it, it it's just um, it, it's got good action in it and um, it's good got good tension in it but it is a TV that's show a, it is a, it is a TV a, show it's, it doesn't have that um, movie like um, uh, feature film type of direction but uh, it's, it's a traditional TV show which I like I appreciate and uh, it's like a throwback yeah you know, I, I like um, I like the actor uh, from um, DC. Uh, yeah, the Titans. Yeah, I like what he Alan Richardson is that his name? Yeah, and I guess he's going to be in the the next Fast and Furious movie. So yeah, he's a good addition. I like him. So you definitely recommend Reacher. Yeah, I can't how's wait for season compared two. To, how's it compared to the Tom Cruise movie? Because you say obviously that this is a more of a TV scale. Well, how's it compared to the to the big budget film? Oh. Um, no, I mean Tom Cruise's film is, um, yeah, a lot more like film-like, and I guess uh, this is a lot uh, his his version more true to the character, true right? to the character, yeah, the uh, at least phys- physical wise, um, yeah, it was either him or Chris Hemsworth, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, tall, muscular, and uh, smart, uh, so he fits at least two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we already saw Chris Hemsworth play a, a professor. What was, yeah. was he playing that, that TV show or that movie? Uh, the Spiderweb? Oh, what? Yeah. Spider web. oh, yeah. CEO Spider-Web. of the pharmaceutical company. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous right there. Okay, let's get to The Boys, season three. We all watched this season, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
Uh, Raymond, let's start with you. Uh, what, what's your feelings of season three? I, I, I love the season. Um, I, I thought the first season of The Boys was absolutely incredible. It's like one of my favorite things on TV. Uh, the first season for, for me was, it's kind of one of those rare A pluses. It was just perfect. And season two for me was, uh, was still really good, kind of A territory, but maybe for myself, not quite as good as season one. And it felt like they were the, like the show was going to start maybe going in a, in a repetitive territory moving forward. So I was kind of like going into the season, like excited because I love the show, but also like a little worried, a little trepidatious that uh, it, it might not be able to capture the magic of the first two seasons. And um, I, I don't know. I, I'm very surprised. I was very happy that this season just felt very original again like it felt very fresh uh more original and more fresh than what we got in season two which was still very good but this this felt more in line with um with the the the, the surprising element that was there in in the first season and uh season one and like it felt like i never knew what was going to happen like it, everything was a, a big a true big surprise in that show every twist like the way every episode ended like it was un completely unpredictable and that that for me came back with this season because every 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 time every episode I was like, man, what's going to happen next? How how is this going to unfold? Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I I love the season. I thought it was great. Uh, I do have a minor criticism of it. Uh, I think uh, probably bugged Mike more. So I'll, I'll just let you guys. I'll let you guys go. Uh, Rich, yeah, tell us what you have thoughts on season three of the boys. Oh yeah, it, it it's definitely one of the best seasons of, of of all time and one of the best shows of of, of the year. But most importantly, it is Garth Ennis, um, its creation, who, who the, the comic book creator. Uh, he should feel so proud of this series. I mean, this, this is, uh, um, although I'm a big fan of Preacher, that show was shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's from Seth Rogen and uh, it's a uh, production. So I, I really didn't expect to like it so much. So I think it's mostly from the uh, Supernatural creator. Um, um, uh, Eric, what's his name? Eric Kripke? Yeah, I think what he does with the show is he he boils it down and gets to the nitty gritty of it of the comic book, and he brings it out. And um, I'm just so thankful to him that uh, he's created a great a great show, and and it'll go it'll go down in history and as one of the best uh, superhero shows <laughs> or uh, satires, relics. Yeah, 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 satire. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think Eric Kripke ha is you know he, I think he's the main writer of the show he's a showrunner and I think yeah, he has an incredible uh insight about what these these characters represent at, at this time I think it's I think a lot of critics have said that this is actually better than the, the comic books mm -hmm. but also um the the uh AMC's uh preacher that was um uh uh Sam Sam Caitlin show mm -hmm. he was like a he, he was like known as as being a writer and producer on Breaking Bad and Preacher, I thought, definitely had a little bit, it was going for, like, a little bit of a Breaking Bad vibe, but I don't know if that was ever a good fit for that show, or for what, for what that, for what Preacher should have been. The Supernatural guy uh, seems, like, definitely, like, surprisingly, like, a very good fit for the boys. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I like the, I like the, the season, season three. I think season two was better, though. Oh, really? Yeah, I think, I think. They released like the first three episodes, right? In the beginning? Yes. Right. So, which I enjoyed immensely. And then four and five, I think the comedy was a little on the Oh, the, the, um, the uh, musical episode. You didn't like. it, not even the I, I have no problem with the musical. It's just like the, the comedy, the satire, 
they were kind of throwing out names uh, uh, out there, you know, like real. You don't like the. Oh, oh, sorry. You were finished. Well, yeah, they were throwing out like real names, real Congress people's names. Like, so I hated the idea that they were kind of blending this fictional world, this boys world with like real characters in real life. I go, well, didn't they do that in season one? Did they? I don't, I don't remember, but I, oh yeah, maybe you're true. Maybe they did name some celebrities or something like that. But uh, I I, I like that the the boys were kind of forming their own kind of universe. I like the idea that they're kind of making fun of what real world issues. And I didn't want them to kind of converge together. And I think I saw that in season, I mean, episode four and five. And, uh, but eventually the finale, you know, the, the final episode in the season was so satisfying mm-hmm. and such a great way to end it. And I just was so entertained by the, the whole, whole arc of the, of the story. And so, yeah, I had a fun time watching it. I think it's one of the best uh, superhero satires out there, best superhero properties out there. And it just shows you that, like, something like, you know, The Boys, and even, like, something like Stranger Things, they can have this kind of closing the storyline in these these seasons. And fortunately, Marvel series can't do that, or even Marvel movies can't do it for some reason. They're just, like, kind of repeating the same stuff. And I think that's why we are seeing this Marvel fatigue right now, because the boys are so excellent and like something like stranger things or some of these other shows that are coming out are just so good. Or even like, uh, to, to jump over to, uh, uh, the, uh, the other superhero shows like, uh, peacemakers. I, I think it's similar quality to yeah. the boys. Maybe not as good, but similar in, in that, uh, in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got to say, you know, after watching the second season of, um, the boys, you know, what was it like a year ago? I wasn't, you know, super excited when they announced that they were going to be doing a spin-off show of the boys that was going to be like more of a, a teen-centric high or a teen-centric boys oh, spin-off. Yeah. Yeah. But now now I'm thinking about it and after seeing like uh some of the, the 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 boys universe expanded in this season, now I'm kind of excited to see what that show could be. Uh I, I, I bring on all the boys spin-offs. <laughs> Have you watched the cartoon the Diabolical or whatever? I I, I have I haven't checked it out. Hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, we highly recommend The Boys. It's a great uh, season. The whole series is great. I mean, it's one of the best uh, satires out there. And it's a, just very clever writing for this stuff. And it's really, you know, it's not just making fun of superhero stuff. It's also making fun of some of the real world issues, some of the hypocrisy of, you know, celebrityism and, you know, other stuff and other issues and stuff like that. And also, it's very political. It's very, yes, definitely this season, very political. And, uh, but also very, very much making fun of some of the kind of the, the discussion in the fandom that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I love it. It's, it's funny. Um, then let me ask you without getting spoilery. Uh, did the final scene work for you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cause I, I was like, I, I could see this scene like pissing off Mike. <laughs> what, what, what was the scene? It was the, uh, mother's milks, um, uh, daughter's stepdad or his, oh. you know, that's that's what at, at yeah the, at the, at the well, home at the okay. homelander rally that's that's a that's the thing i was talking about it's getting too close to home that's what i mean it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 really too on the nose when it comes to that sector i really love that but that's how it must have been in the comic right because that feels like a garth Ennis <laughs> <laughs> then he just predicted 2022 <laughs> the thing is that uh uh you know a lot of critics are saying that homelander is just a proxy for trump and I got really pissed mm-hmm. at that because I go, no, 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 because he kind of represents a lot of different Congress people or, you know, political uh, politicians 
or even military. He's kind and of celebrities. Yeah, or celebrities or, you know, even like a, a military complex or something. He kind of, or the American mighty military, stuff like that, right? The egotism mm-hmm. of that. But in this season, no, he is Trump. <laughs> in this, you know, <laughs> a little too on the note, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I, but I still have fun with it. It's, it was, it's a fun, it's a fun uh, show to watch. All right, let's get down to Disney. Get into it. Obi-Wan Kenobi. We finished it. I think, Raymond, you only saw the first three episodes and that's it? No, I saw the whole thing. Oh, did you? Okay, let's get into it. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, well, before we, before we talk about the show, um, you guys hear that there's like, uh, people were talking about like there, there's a, a fan edit that's like two and a half hours that, yeah. that's significant, significantly yeah. better. And we, I mean, we've all talked about before how this thing should have um, basically just been a movie. Yeah, it definitely should have been a movie, and, but I don't think it should have been this story because I, I, ultimately I think the story is empty. And you know, it's yeah, it's, to, em- it's very, it's very empty. But I think you could whittle it down to to something at least. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the positive: so we get to see Ewan McGregor back as Obi Wan Kenobi. That was great. Hayden Christensen is back as Darth Vader. I don't know if that was a p- minus or plus. Or, or <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it was fine. It makes sense. Uh, it makes enough sense. <laughs> there's a couple surprises, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think there were there's things to like about it. There, you know, Darth Vader comes back, and we see, a, you know, him using the lightsaber. There's some fights here and there. Ultimately, mm. I thought the, the show was empty. I didn't like it. Um, it was just, but then again, it's like what I come to expect from Star Wars. And at this point, I'm really, really just done with the franchise, which, just which more is sad. Fan, it was it's just, just more fan servicing, fan service. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rich, you're the probably the biggest Star Wars fan out of us three. What mm-hmm. was your feelings about Obi Wan Kenobi? Um, when they launched the first two episodes, um, uh, I was kind of uh, uh, impressed by the by the end of it. And I go, I was going, okay, let's see how they go with this. And then by the the um the third episode, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And then I saw, uh, I saw him. Oh man, this, this no, it, it, it's already it's already crashing. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth, fifth, sixth. Woo! It's just uh had its ups and downs, but mostly downs. And by the end of it, I was going, oh, fan service up the ass. It's it's just a, another waste of a um storyline of uh Obi Wan Kenobi and what they could have done with it and uh yeah and, and it's, it's bringing more characters that are could have easily been killed off and uh, or whatever it's, not even coming up with. It's and, sad because I think the, I think the show is more of or the show served more as a, of a reminder of everything that was good about the prequels, mostly um, Ewan McGregor. And seeing him like in the Disney Plus show with, because I, I say what you want, say what you will about you know the the new Star Wars, the Disney Star Wars. I always like the look of it, you know what I mean. And seeing Ewan McGregor, you know, back in this back in this role as Obi Wan in in the right kind of world, a world that feels more like Star Wars than whatever George Lucas is doing with the prequels. And it's, I mean, it just they didn't have anything. They had no, they had no plot. They had, and the little plot they had was so stretched out over these six hours that I don't know. I, to me, it was just so pointless. It was just so, it was so unrewarding mm-hmm. once you get to the end of the series that I kind of like, um, I, no, I do. I like revenge of the Sith more than this. I hate to say it, but I, 
I think <laughs> that that corny lava scene with um with uh, Obi Wan Invader and Revenge of the Sith had more weight than anything in this whole series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sa- sadly, because you know it's not a great movie, Revenge of the Sith, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it at least had more like emotion and weight. You know, between you know th- that exchange between those two characters and anything in this movie, the exchanges between the characters in this in the between them in this was fine. But I don't know. It was just missing so much. It felt empty. Yeah, and I'm sick of them trying to uh, or bringing in uh, more of those uh, celebrities. Char- well, no, the characters that are um, are, are linked to the cartoon, whatever. Oh, oh yeah. you talking about the Inquisitors, the Dave Filoni? Yeah, they're totally unnecessary. I mean, I mean, I mean, one at the least. I mean, one. At, you know, keep it simple. Keep it one. Or, well, or one. you know what? I- I, I, I'm not familiar with those characters at all, the Inquisitors or whatever, but I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I mean, for for a lot of people, you know, that those animated shows, like that is Star Wars or whatever, and they're they're just kind of tying it all together. I just wish the stories were better. <laughs> I wish the stories were better. I wish um, uh, they didn't feel like stretched out movies, and that goes for the, the Star Wars stuff and the Marvel stuff, and it's starting to happen to the Pixar stuff with Lightyear and stuff as well. You know, it's all... It, it, it's all just feeling like just lazy cash grabs, you know, to, for so D- Disney can continue to make their billions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's I, no more, there's no more passion anymore in these projects. And I do feel sorry for uh, the actress who played Riva. Um, um, well, she was horrible. <laughs> exactly. She's, it's a horrible character. It's a horrible. And no, I thought the character had potential, but horrible acting. It's they just... didn't. They didn't. They didn't do enough with it. Her character is horrible. Uh, yeah, she's she's a great actress. But not she's a this. great actress. No, yeah, she's awful in this. But I don't. I I don't. I don't know, man. There's a lot of actors in in Obi Wan that I really like, like Kumail Nanjiani and Ice Cube's son. And I thought they were all horrible in this. Oh, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. Flea shows up. You know the great Flea. It's <laughs> <laughs> great... just embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we know that he was a great actor in. Back to the Future too, right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Okay, so to to go back to like the, the you know the character Riva, which is a, ter- a horrible character or ho- horribly written character, uh, Mo- Mo- Moses Ingram just I think she was just probably wrongly cast for this this show. This show, uh, mm-hmm. I think they could have got. But a, it feels a, like, uh, and this isn't this isn't like Moses' fault, but it no. feels like she also maybe has never seen Star Wars ever that's, in her life, like that, any Star. That's exactly what Star Wars related. That's not exactly how I felt when watching it. This that's why I think she was so uh, just wrongly cast for it. Uh, but I, you know, like I, I've seen her in Queen's Gambit. I really liked her in that, and I really liked her in Tragedy of Macbeth. She had a small role in that. And she also had a small role in Ambulance, but I, I really can't tell her if she did a good job or not with such a minor role. She was role. in Ambulance? She was the wife of, um, of, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Aduma teens. And she has, she, yeah, she was a wife with a kid. And she was, okay. m- most of her part was on the phone, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I remember her a little bit in the beginning. She obviously she could act. And she, I think she's just wrongly cast. It was just, just bad casting. And it was a bad yeah, character. But, I mean, but, they could, but isn't isn't Disney kind of just like doing this like with like everyone? Like they put Thundercat in like in the, in the last uh, Star Wars show and and Boba Fett. Like, are they just like? They're, it seems like they're just like putting like whoever's popular, like whether they're they're a fan of this product or not. Mm-hmm. They're like people like this person, so let's put them in here. Yeah, I know exactly. They're just adding characters in here, and they they like they, 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 it really feels forced. But for Riva, it just feels like a side story that didn't really work out. I didn't understand it. 
I guess at the end, I eventually understood. But for for the for the longest time, I thought she, for sure she was acting in a way. I'm talking about the character now, acting in a way mm-hmm. where it was going to reveal that she was a double agent because she was acting. She was doing stuff that was just so stupid, and so it doesn't make any sense. She was acting so like it, and she got away with it. And I thought for sure there was some kind of reason behind it, and there was no reason behind it. Just bad writing. Yeah, and that's bad not that's bad not, directioning. A bad direction, and that's not her fault. And it's not you know she. There was a story early on that she was uh, criticized and, uh, and and abused online. You know, uh, racist comments and all that stuff. And that's that's all horrible. And I think, unfortunately, unfortunately, this there's a uh, um, unspoken rule when you're starring in a series of any kind that you have to be on Twitter. You have to interact with your viewers, and they studios and just not just Disney. Every studio kind of pressures their uh, the actors to go on Twitter and interact with, with their, with the viewers or the fans. And I think that's unfair, especially when you're getting criticized or you're getting, you know, abused online like Moses did. And I think she shouldn't have to do that because she's in the star Wars show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, she also shouldn't have probably taken the role. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I have, I mean, look, if you're offered like a big role, working no, I know, with I know. I, I, I don't blame her. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame her, but I, if you are going to take like a big role, you should probably at least fit the show, like at least put some effort. Look, I, the thing is like when they're casting people like this, I, I don't care how big the actors is, how big the, any of these actors are. I think they still should like somewhat ad- audition for these roles. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should just hand a role out to an actor just because they're famous or because they have a hit song out on, that's on the radio. Oh. I think people should still audition for roles and see if they're a good fit. And I think if this person had auditioned, uh, if Moses had auditioned, uh, they wouldn't have gotten past that because <laughs> it wasn't good. I, I, no, I, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, I think Moses probably did. I mean, she's not a big star. She really? Probably, she probably did audition. I, I, I find that hard to believe. Because to I me, the only, ex- the only explanation for her performance in that, in that series is that she has never seen anything Star Wars related, and she didn't bother to watch anything Star Wars related before before actually joining the show. But I and if that is the case, I, I do think that that is somewhat like you know, well, that's, irresponsible of her. Well, that, you also got to blame the, the the director to step in and say something about that too, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. I also blame Ian McGregor himself because he's a producer in this, and if you mm-hmm. don't got enough balls to say this is fucking ridiculous, I mean, I mean, you want me to, you want me to. Pretend I'm I'm carrying a, a child underneath my robe in the scene. <laughs> I mean, you really expect people to believe this shit? Hey man, I mean, but kids uh, too. Uh, kids do that all the time for yeah. uh, to sneak in the movie theaters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you really you really want to shoot that? I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. I mean that that was the most. Yeah, there's there's a perfect example of one of the most ridiculous scenes ever where he's it's little little Leia and they're escaping the the you know, the. The, the command center mm-hmm. and he she's under her his ro- his jacket his rain raincoat jacket and like that's supposed to be normal or something and i i don't know sure maybe there's some goofy parts in the original star wars trilogy but we have it's been like 50 or 60 years since then and we are more <laughs> viewers are more sophisticated so we can't just say oh you know look how stupid the first trilogy is well, yeah, we're not stupid anymore, you know. So we got to grow up, or we don't grow up, or whatever. Uh, th- this is a terrible series. Uh, don't watch yeah. it. <laughs> this is a piece of shit. I mean, right. just a complete waste of time. Just like I said, banter. I, I don't know. But people are complaining about it, but um, people are also just don't give a shit no more. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, which is sad. But I mean, I mean, the show, the show had potential. They could have done something if they made it into a movie. If it had been, I, I know the new fan edit or whatever is like two and a half hours. It should have been ninety minutes or eighty <laughs> minutes. Well, I'm just hoping um, that um, Andor, um, because that that at I least don't, I have no faith. On that at anymore. least looks like it's better. I hope. But anyway, we do not recommend Obi Wan Kenobi. Don't watch it. It's uh, like I said, it's most likely gonna waste your time. Miss Marvel, you guys didn't give up Miss Marvel. So uh, quickly talk about I wanted Ms. to. <laughs> quickly quickly talk about Miss Marvel because uh it's interesting it's interesting that you guys like it. I've only seen the first four, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Miss Marvel is, is it's surprising. I, I for myself I think it is surprising that I'm enjoying the series because mm-hmm. I don't like the character. I'm not a fan of the character and the and the comic books. I, I think the character's pretty lame. But I guess something that I should mention is that they kind of reinvented the character um, for the Avengers video game that came out a few years ago. And um, I guess kind of ironically enough, I think the new Avengers video game that came out on uh, PS4 a few, a few years ago is, is horrible. I think the game sucks ass. But <laughs> I thought the way they reinvented the character of, um, of Miss Marvel uh, was actually pretty, pretty cool. And I thought she was probably w- one of the better kind of updates in that game. And uh, the way they kind of handled the character now for this Disney Plus show is almost like another complete reinvention because it's, it's different from the comic books. It's different from what they did in the video game. And this is just some, something wholly new all over again. And it, it works. I think this is probably the best version of the character. I mean, uh, they keep trying to get this character right, and this is the best version yet. And um, uh, surprisingly, I think what works, about, what works really well about, for, about the show for me is um, the relationships. I like kind of the dynamics with... Um, uh, I guess Miss Marvel and her family, mm-hmm. and uh, and I love the dynamics with Miss Marvel and her her best friend, uh, who's probably going to be her boyfriend by the end of the season, uh, Bruno. And um, and I actually, I, when watching the first episode, I thought you know the way she got her powers and how her whole origin was probably the worst part of the show. But as the show went on and we found out a bit more of the the wristbands or whatever, and we find out more about uh, about how uh, the, where those powers come from, I'm like, you know what, this is actually this is actually pretty interesting. This is um, this is more interesting than anything that's happened in the, any of the other Disney Plus shows. <laughs> so, um, I, what I've seen of the show so far, I've enjoyed. Yeah, and surprisingly, a lot of the action in the third, fourth episode um, is pretty good too. And in the mm-hmm. the direction wise, I, I like it. it's it's um, it's a different take on it. It's uh, um, it has a little bit of a Matthew Vaughn vibe. I got a kick ass mm-hmm, vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like it. It's adventurous too because it's, mm-hmm. the it. I like how it's, it goes. Uh, their their storyline goes to India also, and uh, I like yeah. I like learning about that stuff. Also, it, it just you know, it's what the Uncharted movie should have been. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a way, yeah. Because uh, compared to a lot of the other shows, this looks expensive, and, yeah. and you could see it. Uh, it. Well, not the superhero uh, powers always like the, no, her, no. her powers look very cheap compared to everything else. No, I'm saying the look. I mean, yeah. I mean oh, the the scope. Yeah. yeah, and the music in the in the show itself too. Yeah, I look. I look forward to the final chapter, uh, which is next episode. Uh, yeah, I only saw the first pilot, the first episode. It, it was directed by uh, a, a duo, Bad uh, Boys directors. Mm-hmm. Bad Boys directors, Adele, Adele Bella, I believe that's how you say it. Uh, they're kind of, I believe, one of the upcoming directors that are working right now. They're, 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 they're doing Batgirl. That's exciting because I think I, I did like the the pilot episode. I just didn't like the. 
you know, it's not for me. It's 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 for teenagers. It's a very no, but it, it, it. I mean, it does. I mean, it, I don't. You know, you're not selling me. I'm not going to watch it. I, it's perfectly I fine. I like the the, uh, the pilot episode. It was good. By I the like second, the style. By the third, by the third episode, it, it's like um, it's over that. Yeah, but I don't I, like. I, I don't stuff. think I like the main actress. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't like. It's a too a little too cutesy for me. But it was fine. I mean, it was actually surprisingly well done, and it was very stylized, and I liked all that stuff. But ultimately, I'm I'm kind of really done with kind of all the Marvel series right now. Um, quickly, let's go into Hulu, the the Bear, which is this uh, series that I really enjoyed. I saw it uh, recently. It's set in a Chicago sandwich shop kitchen. It's kind of like a um, oh, what's it? Uh, Ramsey. Yeah, it's kind of like Kitchen Nightmares, Graham Ra- Ramsey type of or Gordon, or, Gordon Ramsey. Or Gordon Gordon Ramsey. Who's the other guy who just recently died? Mm. Um, Anthony Bourdain. It's kind of like yeah. that type of uh, of you know Kitchen Confidentials type. Very good show. So the the bear the bear stars Jeremy Allen White. He's from Shameless. Uh, he's uh, someone who I kind of I seen a couple episodes of Shameless long time long time ago, and I really enjoyed his work. And I I I, I think he's like some, some he's kind of like a Sean Penn type of actor. He's something about him that I really kind of think he's going to break out soon. And I think the Bear is is a kind of a uh, a vehicle for him to break out. I think he's a very good performance. And so I haven't, now I haven't I haven't even heard of this show. Um, it just came out of nowhere. They so kind of, what makes you think that this is going to be his breaking out show? Because I, I think a lot of critics are are picking up. They're they're saying that this is one of their favorite series. All right, All it, right that's cool. It's, it's so maybe season season two will be like a like a, like Rami or something like a whole uh, brings oh, in a whole new audience. I hope so. I hope so. But the the guy who created the show is a guy named Christopher Storer, who is really just known as a producer. He produced a uh, uh, eighth grade. And the, the the Dave Franco movie, The Rental. <laughs> so he really mm. didn't have any mm. directing shops. He directs and also writes. He also uh, executive produces Rami and directs a couple of, uh, episodes of, of Rami too. Uh, but I, I was really impressed by the direction and also the writing. But the direction itself, the first episode is very kinetic. It has that kind of the un- uncut gems type of feel. With this with this show and some other shows on FX or, or even on on the streaming services. It really feels like directors are getting a chance to really shine, shine with their style, mm-hmm. much more than mm-hmm. say some of the movies out there that are coming out. Uh, the Bear, I, I just really enjoyed kind of the, the acting, the, the the kinetic energy that it has. It's you know, it's set in this world in Chicago in a, a sandwich shop, and everyone's screaming at each other. <laughs> everyone's horrible at each other, and they're trying to make. It's just a kind of simple idea, just a blue collar type of uh, show about kind of people struggling, struggling with drugs, struggling with pressures of the job, struggling with, you know, just presenting this business with uh, trying to make it uh, trying to make it financially run better. And I, I just love it. I love all the characters in it. I don't know all the actors in it. There's a guy from Punisher who I recognize, Ebon mm-hmm. Moss Bacharach, I think that's his name, mm-hmm. who is great. In this show, he's yeah. uh, he's like the he's the cousin of of uh, the Jeremy Allen White's character, and he's always screaming cousin, 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 and like it just it has this energy in the show. It's I think it's only eight episodes, yeah, sure. and it's thirty another thirty minute show, and it kind of reminds me of something that HBO would have put out, you know, a couple years ago. Yeah, I, I think I love the cast. The cast is like like these are people who feel real. It feels like a real kitchen. And there's, I would say, like, the, the penultimate episode, which is the second to last episode, it was all shot in one take. 
oh. for the whole 30 minutes. And it kind of reminded me of a movie that came out last year called Boiling Point, which is the UK kitchen uh, film that was shot in one take. And I thought this did it better than that, that movie. Uh, I would highly re- recommend The Bear. Um, um, the Orville. Rich, The Orville. Yeah. Talk season. about The Orville. The se- what season is it now? I don't know. The Dark Horizon season. Okay, talk um, about it. Because I have left the episode. I saw this episode two. It's, it's becoming very dark. And I wanted that comedy. So I have kind of not, well, it, it I have did, not gone back to watch the rest of the, the It did season. go more dramatic this season. That's for sure. And it's, um, hence, I guess, dark, uh, the New Horizons. Um, yeah, it should have been Dark Horizon. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, uh, the, first, uh, the first episode started really dark. And the second episode, uh, it, it was just um, okay. And, but the third, fourth, and the last episode that I saw were fantastic uh, in different situations, too. So um, hopefully they're back. And uh, well, let me, I really let me ask you really quick. Time. Let me ask you really quick. Because um, you, you, you said, because uh, I only saw the first episode of this season, but you said um, that this season is definitely a lot more serious, that yeah. it's uh, more uh, kind of dramatic and mike's saying that he stopped watching the show because he misses the funnies and i'm curious because i never really thought the orville was that funny and so Mm. for me like hearing that for me hearing that they're drifting away from the comedy to me seems like a good thing but is the show just like getting too dark is is the show getting too dark or is it just not lighthearted anymore because i like the lighthearted nature of the show but um no, but uh, I but I don't know. They I, dark, I, yeah, I feel yeah. like the, I feel like the Orville had a lot a lot of comedic subplots per episodes, mm. and a lot of times those comedic subplots were like the worst part of the episodes. So, um, like you know, steering away from that to me doesn't necessarily seem like a bad thing. The last episode was probably the funniest one, or whatever had humor in it, but it it, it stayed dramatic too. So, um, really dramatic for one of its characters and. I, I totally didn't expect it, but yeah, it has one big laugh in it uh, for sure that you, I'm sure you'll enjoy if you ever get to that's it. That's good. Um, no, I'll, I'll watch it. This is a good show. I've just been falling behind. Yeah. The only thing that's skippable is the, uh, the uh, new, um, <laughs> the new intro. The new intro? <laughs> yeah, it's long, man. <laughs> and they got to, they got to put one of those, uh, uh, skip intro. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, the, the, the reason why I left kind of the Orville was because I, I thought there was, it did a good job of kind of being a light version of the Star Trek Next Generation or not necessarily a satire of that show, but kind of like taking like some of those elements, but really kind of uh, giving the Seth MacFarlane kind of type of light humor that he does or humor that he does. And I feel like when uh, coming back to the this new season, the Dark Horizon or New Horizons, New Horizons, New Horizon season, that it was becoming Star Trek Next Generation, and even to the point where it's very slow burning type of stuff. And I, that's to me that I found I found like kind of just too uh, frustrated with. So that's why I kind of just okay. said I, I'm not I'm not. Uh, but finished. but let me ask you when you when you watch it for you was it like this is just like an, an inferior version of Star Trek: The Next Generation, or was it just uh-huh. like this is just like really like unoriginal like this feels like too much like a ripoff? Yeah, too much as a ripoff. It, it feels like they're doing yeah Star they're cut from Tra- the same cloth. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're doing exactly what Star Trek: Generation used to do, but it's also you know Monster of the Week, a mission of the of the episode yeah, episodic yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I just don't have time for that. Because I, I, I think I, I really do like the characters. I, uh, you want you want more long form storytelling. 
Yeah, I guess so. Or at least you, you uh, want you want your end game. <laughs> <laughs> I want to at least know a little bit more about the characters, and I think maybe that's what Richards is trying to get get out about the final two episodes that they were kind of more focused on the characters and mm-hmm. and not necessarily the mission itself. But I just found it kind of really slow, and 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 so I kind of I'll maybe go back to it. But uh, at this point, I'm, I'm kind of off. All right. Uh, also on Hulu, also on FX. This is probably my favorite show of recent recent. One Once. of the best new shows. The best new shows. The Old Man. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Richard, it's Jeff Bridges. He's back. When I, when, I heard, when I saw the trailer for this, I go, oh, okay, this is Jeff Bridges doing Liam Neeson. This is Taken. This is his version of Taken. And when I saw the first episode, boy, I was blown away by how good yeah. it is. Because yeah. it's not Taken. It's actually much more serious. It's much more grounded. And it's much more exciting. I, and it's directed by John Watts. He does the first, he does the first two episodes, but he, that first pilot episode really got to me. And I thought it was one of the best directed pilots I've, I've seen in a long time. I think a lot of people could watch that pilot and not watch the rest of the, 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 the season because it's mm-hmm. so good. It's so contained. It's like this one shot. And uh, I was very th- th- enthralled with the movie or, or just in- entertained by the series. And once we get to episode two and three and four boy i was just more just more engrossed and the yeah. characters and john lifgal is in this too and uh um ali shawat Sha- ali shawat who's from uh, arrested development she's she's also great she's doing dramatic work here what a great show rich tell yeah. us uh, your feelings about it uh yeah just like the, the, the direction that it's also got great writing and um it's really intense in some scenes and and uh um by the by the third fourth ep- uh, episode you're really involved with it because you really want to know what's going to, what's going to happen. I mean, um, um, it's a thinking man's show, action yeah, show too. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it's got the action, but uh, even if he, if it doesn't have any action in, in the episode at all, at all, you don't miss it. I mean, because it's, you're, it's, it's already, uh, um, because the last episode didn't really have any uh, action at all. And, and I, I, I thought it was one of the best episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I what happens is, the characters are super intelligent mm-hmm. and they're not acting like, you know, like the characters in Obi-Wan Kenobi or something like that. They're, <laughs> they're really smart and they're yeah. they're and that you would think something is going to be a mystery and then it doesn't become a mystery because the guy is smart and he kind of figures out the mystery already in season in episode three, you know. And so, you know, for those who haven't seen the show or even saw a trailer of it, Jeff Bridges plays a kind of a former CIA operative. He goes off grid for many years and he is now an old man. He's now off, you know, he's off the books, but now they found where he lives and they're wanting to take him in. And because it's so, he has so many connections, there's certain people in the CIA who wants him dead. And yeah. John Lithgow is a guy who wants him dead. And the way they play that, I mean, look, that sounds so conventional and that sounds like in any other kind of, you know, taken show, but just imagine that kind of scenario directed in the vein of David Fincher. Right. And that, that's, that's high praise uh, coming from you because it's uh, from one of your favorite filmmakers uh, for, from your favorite movie of last year, right? <laughs> yeah, John Watts of, of Spider-Man <laughs> No Way Home. I mean, th- that's, this is just proves that you're, <laughs> it just proves that you just don't have any kind of personal style when you direct a Marvel movie. It go, kind of your, your own kind of personal style goes away and you just become part <laughs> of the Marvel machine. So John Watts here, he's free of that Marvel machine and he gets to do exactly what he wants to do. And it's really fun to see a director like this shine 
because I didn't, I don't know what he could do other than, you know, uh, see Spider-Man swinging from a rooftop, <laughs> you know, but here he's doing some really great bits. He's doing like, watch the pilot, just watch the pilot. Yeah. The whole series. I mean, the whole series. I mean, so far it's like we're watching a great chess game and you want to see what's the next move. And Jeff, Jeff Bridges, man, coming from the brink of death, you know, you know, during the pandemic, he got cancer. What was it? Mm -hmm. Uh, What what style cancer you got? Lymphoma, lymphoma cancer. So he had to go to like uh, chemotherapy for, for most of the pandemic for a couple months. And during his uh, chemotherapy, when his, uh, you know, his immune system was so low, he got uh, COVID Mm -hmm. and he was on the brink of, 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 of death, death, really. And then he, he got out of it. And, and even got uh, his wife. Even got she COVID got COVID too, yeah. too COVID-19. And yeah, it was a bad, it was for, for a moment there that he thought he was going to die. Uh, then he recovered and it took, you know, it took almost a whole year for him to recover. Uh, before that, I think he shot this pilot uh, episode or maybe even the mm-hmm. first two episodes. And they, he asked, you know, FX and, and they said, do you want to continue this? And, 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 and they said yes, and he said, I'm willing to do this, and he's back. And, like, you don't really see, you know, you, certainly you see maybe he's, you know, he's, he's, he is an old man in the show. Yeah. So it makes sense that he's, like, kind of, he's a little slower, and, and you could maybe see some of that kind of uh, effects. But I, it doesn't matter. He does a, a great job of acting in the series, and that, I think the acting is what really kills it. Even with um, Amy Brenneman, who's the, kind of the the female lead or the second female lead. She's very good too. She's all, she, all her scenes with Jeff Bridges and they have great chemistry too. I, I, I just, this is like, this is, this is taken for adults. You know, this is, this is like this action. This is born identity for, yes, you know, it's, it's just a great show. And I highly, highly recommend it. Okay. Let's get into HBO max. So, uh, we, let's go really quickly now because we're running out of time here. Uh, the, the Staircase, highly recommend. This is based on the, the documentary True Crime series. Mm-hmm. Great uh, performance by Colin Firth and Tony Collette. Recommend right. that. Barry, season three. Uh, Possibly the best series. Uh, best, best comedy series. Very dark. I, Raymond, you, should, <laughs> you haven't seen Barry at all, right? No. Look, I, I was not really a big Barry fan of season one and two, but season three really... Took me to a different level. It made me even appreciate Bill Hader more. He is at this point. I think he is has developed a, a voice, a style that's in the vein of the Cohen Brothers. With this, particularly mm-hmm. with this mm-hmm. season, it was a great, great season. It's a dark comedy, so I think that you would like it, uh, Raymond, because you don't like kind of slapstick comedy. This is more kind of a dark, absurdist kind of like I said, like kind of the Cohen Brothers type of comedy. We own the city. This is a great uh, police procedural miniseries based on a uh, true events. This slow feature, burn, slow burn. This is from the people who brought you who brought you the wire. Uh, features one of the best TV performances I've seen in a long time. John Barenthal, who is this crooked police officer in Baltimore, gives one of the cares most charismatic uh, uh, acting uh, most, mm. but he is an evil man or, or uh, deeply corrupted. He's a complete son, son of a bitch. Mm. What a great uh, character. What based on real life? This is a you know he's playing a real guy, and uh, man, this is a great depiction of a, a corrupt system in Baltimore Police Department. Highly recommend. Uh, Richard, you saw <laughs> the Father of the Bride. Uh, do you recommend that? I kind of do. Really? Not, I kind of do because a lot of people have been loving it, mm-hmm. but. Um, Go in it with a grain of salt because uh, it's 
it's got all the elements of a, a, a of the Father Bride series movie, whatever. Um, but it has no comedy in it. There's no laughs in it, mm-hmm. which is a damn shame. Because uh, any we've seen Andy Garcia doing comedies before, right. and he's he could be funny if he wants to. And yeah, the the, yeah. the premise itself is, it should have been it should have been an easy um easy laugh riot. So this it, is an unenthusiastic recommendation. Yeah, very. I mean, uh, it, but a lot of people seem to like it. I'm just not one of them. I mean, it's 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 fine for you. Yeah, it's just yeah. Uh, Tokyo Vice. Uh, we we mentioned this series before. We love this series. This is set in Japan. This is mm-hmm. the Ansel Elgort, but really watch it for um, Ken Watanabe. Great kind of great kind of detective series, and it really I don't know up. if it's going to be season two, but it's, it's, if it is, please watch it. Yes, uh, the time traveler's wife, mm. <laughs> surprisingly fun show. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, highly recommend the time uh, tra- traveler's wife. It's kind of a, a romantic kind of time traveler story, science fiction story. It ha- I think it's a, it's a lot better than I expected. Winning yeah. time. Again, oh. another recommendation: uh, the rise of you know this is the the winning time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty about the Lakers in the in the late seventies, early eighties. We recommend that. Although Raymond says not to watch it, mm. he didn't like the pilot. Let's get into Paramount Plus really quick. Rich, you liked the offer? Yeah, it, it's a uh, it's a great different take on uh on, on the creation of Godfather. Um, a lot of great acting in it. Uh, a lot of character um, uh, driven uh, acting. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, um, it, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Matthew Good gets nominated for um, his performance as Robert Evans. And um, uh, probably the, but, he's yeah. probably, he's probably uh, Matthew Good is probably the best thing about the show. I didn't see the, the it's only, the most standout performance on on the show. That's for sure. I only saw the first episode. I'm not a big fan of Miles Teller. He's the main star. He's the producer on the, on The Godfather. Uh, I, I, the show really feels like a TV movie than anything else. I was not impressed by it, but Richard seemed stuck with it, and he seemed yeah. to really like it. And you recommend it, right? I do, I do. Jerry and Marge go large. This is a um, original Paramount Plus uh, movie uh, that stars Bri- uh, Brian Cranston and um, Annette Bening, mm-hmm. uh, based on a true story about lotto tickets. Uh, d- d- Jerry and Marge—they're this couple from Michigan, and they kind of find a loophole in a lottery. Uh, and they kind of uh, get a lot of money. They make a lot of money for the, <laughs> for the town, and it's a kind of a throwback a comedy, feel good comedy. Richard, what's your what's your quick feelings about it? It's okay. I liked it enough to uh, give it a watch because nothing's on Paramount Plus. I mean, I mean, if you if you if you're buying Paramount Plus, you got to watch something. Watch okay. it. Okay, give it a give it a show. I did not like it at all. Not, not, not at all? all. Not at all. I mean, I guess I did like some parts of it, but I was I was hoping for like a really good feel good type of throwback comedy. It tried to. I didn't really kind of like the comedy in it. Uh, Brian Cranston is good. Annette Benning is good. Uh, you know, there, there's some there's like typical kind of cameos by Ray Wilson as the kooky guy. You know, local Larry Wilmore as a, you know another local tax uh, or attorney or whatever. I. It's small town type of comedy. I don't. It's. It, it, I thought it would have been better, and I. I was in the mood for it, and but it. I. It wasn't. It didn't sell me. Mm. Uh, I think you could skip it. I, I don't recommend it. Beavis and Butthead do the universe. We actually really enjoyed. It. We all saw this. We really enjoyed it. Mike Judge coming back to his characters. It's kind of a direct sequel to Do America. We see Beavis and Butthead arrive at the year twenty twenty two after a NASA mishap. Uh, fun. Great. It was very entertaining, surprisingly entertaining because I thought these characters were a little 
I didn't know how they would uh, work in today's audiences. And it's it, it, with what Mike Judge did with the with the show with the with the movie was incredible, incredibly funny. He was given a task to bring Beavis and Buttheads to the to the present time, and he did it. Uh, it's it's a it's a good watch, and uh, it, it'll prepare you for the, the upcoming series. Raymond, you really love this movie, right? Raymond, we lost Raymond. I guess so. Oh yeah, we did. Uh, Raymond did really love this. Uh, we <laughs> we lost Raymond. Uh, we lost his cell <laughs> his cell phone. Uh, we lost contact with Raymond, but he he did he did really love uh, Beavis and Butthead to uh, the universe. All right, thank you for listening to Inside Flix. That was a long <laughs> look at as, as some of the, the streaming uh, shows that are out now on some of these streaming services. Uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week with with something more shorter. And uh, thank you for listening to Inside Flix. Uh, we'll catch you uh, on the rebound. <laughs> <laughs> catch you on the flip side. <laughs>